Hello and welcome to Keeping It Real, where we're going to dive into the mysterious world of plastic surgery. My name's Alex and each episode I'm sitting down with the respected surgeons Dr Richard Bloom and Dr Kim Taylor from Replastic Surgery and we're going to ask all the hard questions that you want the answers to. Moist and not coming in saying I want to look like Posh Spice or Pamela Anderson. And so it can be quite life-changing for them and um, we see improvements in their self-esteem, their confidence. If someone's had good work done, then no, I don't, I don't believe it is obvious. If you're having a breast augmentation, you know, you don't want to be going to the plastic surgeon who does road trauma. Everybody loves talking about celebrities. Uh, when it comes to plastic surgery, Jennifer Aniston's nose, Angelina Jolie's lips, Pamela Anderson's boobs... There's always gossip and questions about celebrities' assets. So this episode is a little bit of fun. We're going to have a look at some famous people that have gone under the knife and some that we think might have gone under the knife. And we're just going to discuss whether they got it right or wrong. Okay, well, welcome Kim and Richard. Hi, Alex. Hi, Alex. All right, well, today we're going to talk about what I think is a very exciting topic celebrities and surgeries. Very exciting. Yeah. Do you guys, I guess before we kind of jump into names, do you guys ever look at celebrities or I guess in general people in life and kind of think, God, that's bad? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much a lot of the time, all the time. And it's a really bad look, I guess, for our profession because that's the the bad work is what people see. Um, the general public sees the bad work, not the good work, because the good work you you know you shouldn't be able to tell um, what people have had done. So um, yeah, everyone kind of comes oh plastic surgery. You know you're the you're the guys that botched Michael Jackson's nose and you know put in terrible implants and you know name many celebrities and the lips and. Uh, all the bad stuff. Yeah. Richard, you, you have a beach analogy, which is always an yeah. interesting one. So what Kim's talking about is exactly right, but if there's a selection bias f- that causes that. So if you go to the beach, there's 100 people at the beach, and you see one bad breast augmentation, you walk away from the beach thinking all plastic surgery is terrible. But what you don't realise is there might be 20 or 30 women there who have had breast augmentation that just have great surgery that look natural, that... Uh, you just don't realise that they've had plastic surgery. So it's not 100% that are bad. It might be it's just one out of 20 or 30 that's maybe bad. So, yeah, people notice the bad ones, but they don't notice the good ones because they're good. Yeah. Well, let's get stuck into it. What we're going to do is we're going to have a chat about some names and we are going to bring up some photos later on. So if you're listening and sitting in front of a computer, pull up Google, get ready to punch in these names and come on, come on a bit of a journey with us. We also have to preface that we're, we're trying to choose celebrities that we uh, that are on the record talking about surgery, um, but there may be a couple that we're going to take stabs at and see if we think that they have, but it could just be their natural assets. All right. Well, let's start with you, Kim. Whenever you think of celebrities and plastic surgery, you did mention Michael Jackson before. Is that your standout? I think that's absolutely the the most standout, worst nose job you could probably ever see. And who knows how many operations he had over what period of time. Um, 
but always it was almost pointy, wasn't it? Like, yeah, and, yeah. The, and like almost no skin left, and just been overdone more and more times. And I guess every every time someone then goes back in to try and fix what's been done before. Um, and take out more tissue probably and make, make things worse. Mm. Um, the other interesting thing about him, when um, Richard just popped up the photo, many photos of him on a screen from the past and the colour of his skin and how that vastly changed over time, mm. which Because is, did, did he have uh, vitiligo? I, if he did, it wouldn't have made him look like that. Mm. So I think he was probably peeled and lasered again within an inch of his life. Yeah, like over, there was definitely over, a lot of help overdone. there. You know, he, st- he started quite dark. And if someone has vitiligo, it, it's a progress over time and it's generally patchy. So mm. um, it, it's much more distinctive than that, that they end up with very, very some very, very white or pink patches mm. um, rather than just the entire complexion just going to alabaster white as well. Just looking at the photos of Michael Jackson before he passed, he had quite a very straight nose. But it looks as though would he would he actually have been able to breathe properly by the end of? Uh, I would doubt that very much. Um, I think the amount of tissue that's probably been removed from that, and that there's there's terminology to describe like the vault collapse. And if you were to see him breathe, you'd probably would have seen the side sides of his nose go in. So I, I think it would probably. Be, extremely unlikely that he would have normal breathing patterns through his nose and and possibly the straightness of that the dorsum or the the outside line of his nose may have been someone's attempt to actually reconstruct it um, it may have been rib so apart some other parts of his body being because everything else had been removed from the nose taken from the rib to reconstruct it mm. um, to try and make the lines and to to build up the tissues a lot more the other thing I'd say about his nose is is that he's moved away from his ethnicity a lot as well, which I think also adds to the bizarreness of his nose. And it's also a very feminine nose, so it's very upturned. It's very, very small. So I think from an aesthetic point of view, it, it, it's, it's, it's just a train wreck. Well, I think his attempt to, was probably to completely remove himself from his ethnicity as well, given that the colour that he turned his skin as mm. well. Mm. There was definitely a lot of Pathology. other stuff going on. Can we talk about, you know, I, whenever I think plastic surgery, Pamela Anderson, Dolly Parton, they're the first thing that pops into my mind. How Do you get a lot of women that use those as inspiration? Not so much now. I think that was way, and we've talked about that in previous episodes, that was much more of a sort of 80s Californian kind of look. Mm. And we don't know whether either of those women had breast augmentation or if that's... uh, So I think that sort of look, particularly in our practice, is not so common. It's not as common a request. Our sort of practice, much more uh, women are asking to look as natural, subtle, still as big as possible within those parameters of looking natural. And also the implants have changed a lot since that time. So back in the 80s, all there really were were but basically round implants. And so you've got a very round, fake look. And now we tend more to use anatomic teardrop-shaped implants, so you don't have that upper pole that just looks so full and uh, just that takeoff at the top of the breast. Um, So we don't see them coming in, people coming in asking for that look so much. Uh, We'll get to some other 
people who've had breast augmentation later and uh, the, the different variations on that. I guess when you when you do think of um, that, I guess Pamela Anderson, what are you, what are the first things that kind of pop into your guys' heads? Back pain. <laughs> Me yeah. too. Funnily enough, <laughs> and and how she possibly ran down the down the beach and just did bathers. And really, though, from a safety and medical point of view, the, the long term complications and issues that she would have run into because of the size of those implants and how they would have damaged her natural tissue so considerably. So, any time in the future so you know whatever she's had done subsequent to that is is going to be really struggling if she even if she gets her implants completely removed or downsized that her natural tissues are going to have been so stretched that any sort of tightening procedure then is, is still always going to kind of stretch back up again and the chance of her having a great outcome with anything that has been done subsequent to that would be very low, I think, because you, you're very much on the back foot after someone's been so overdone. But it's, it, it also goes along with what we talk about all the time, Alex, which is proportion, proportion, proportion. So when you have breast implants, and we don't, we're not saying she has had breast implants, maybe that's her natural shape and size. <laughs> but if, Being very careful there, it's good, yeah. But when you have implants that are so big, you end up lowering the base of the breast. So the breast, uh, the bottom of the breast is lower. So your waist gets shorter, your chest gets longer, and you just look frumpy and wide. Mm. And so um, it's not just having having bigger breasts and everything else stays the same. Well, I guess you'd have to wear very tight clothing constantly to try and avoid looking frumpy, I guess, as you... Well, yeah, you've got to... Well, the, the actual fold of the breast, the, the footprint of the breast drops down lower because gravity will always win. Mm. That's the takeaway lesson of today. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac Newton was right. <laughs> Proven by Pamela Anderson. If she had breast implants. If, yes. Well, one person who's been on the record as having breast implants is uh, Tori Spelling. I think I watched 902 when I was a child and whenever she came on screen, I couldn't help just noticing the weird gap she she's had some a few weird looks over time. So if uh, those of you in front of a uh, screen have a look at some photos, um, so two thousand and five we have an image where it looks like she's got probably subcutaneous saline implants. I'd say because you can you can almost see the ripples at the top of those implants, and they're so close underneath her skin that you almost could, you know, read the brand of what they are like. They're, um, they're, there's nothing much covering those. They're also a, a not really good fit on her frame and that they um, there is that kind of unusual gap in the middle, but also they don't even sort of sit to the edge of her chest. So were you saying it's the type of implant and the way that it was put in? Was it uh, there's, yeah, there's many factors to it. And also those may be, may have a, a degree of uh, what's called a capsular contracture where the body forms a scar around the outside of the implant and so it starts to distort the appearance as well. Um, and that's more common in someone that has an implant that's close, is just underneath the skin, there's not much coverage over it. Um, and any sort of anything that goes on with that, you, you're just going to see it through the skin because she's obviously got very, very little body fat and very, very minimal of her own natural breast tissue. So if you go, if the implants are going to then be placed 
um, subglandular or just purely under the skin, if she's not got much breast gland, then you're going to see every little bit of it. So um, if she had had a, and in a subsequent picture, she looks a lot more natural and I'm sure probably still has implants, but much less obvious that, like I I couldn't 100% tell you in a later image whether she's got implants or not because they are probably then being placed into a different plane, so they're underneath the muscle. Um, So there's extra coverage over it, so you're not seeing all the outline of the implant through her skin, and probably a different shaped implant, so a teardrop implant, so it's not that as round and fake at the top. Um, They fit on her body a little bit better. And so the take, what we call the the upper slope or the takeoff of the breast looks more natural rather than that really round fake look at the mm. top. And another classic that had that sort of similar upper upper pole appearance uh, and sitting too high implants close under very, very thin skin would have been Victoria Beckham mm. um, back oh, 10, 15 years ago. Um, and you know, wearing tight when Spice dresses. Girls were still together. Sort of, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the early marriage days. <laughs> um, that yeah, and then you wear a push-up bra or um, tight clothing, and that, that actually exaggerates that appearance and makes them look ridiculous. Mm. I remember that was that was quite fashionable, you know, at the time. Like mm. I remember looking at those pictures when I was younger and actually thinking that that was good aspire to that Alex <laughs> really <laughs> we've moved on yeah. you know we were yeah. also into we're hipster jeans mm. and there's no question that fashion does influence our our industry like it influences other many other industries and the trend as we were saying before is much more for natural subtle that did she didn't she look of breast implants rather than in your face up near your um, collarbone type breast implants mm. I guess, who's your standout that when you think of bad surgery? <laughs> so many options. <laughs> so many options. I think male facelifts is a, a real danger zone because the room for error is just so narrow, much narrower, I think, than for women um, because a lot of the things, a lot of the uh, procedures are going to feminise women. So, yeah, Mickey Rourke, and we're not saying whether he did have surgery or didn't have <laughs> surgery, but a lot of people do allege that he did. And, you know, he was a, obviously just a really good-looking guy. And what he's sort of tried to do, it looks like he's he may well have had a facelift and everything's just been pulled so tight. Uh, and that's the problem a little bit with facelifts, not that we do a lot of facelifts, but the problem of trying to hit it out of the park and get it super, super tight, you end up looking really weird. And it just, you know, you can see me pulling on my face here. I mean, it just doesn't look natural. Everything looks flatter. You get weird lines and creases around your mouth or around your neck um, and, and also around your eyes. And, and that's that's what he's got as well. And then as we age also, uh, you, you lose volume and then it looks also like he's possibly had some filler put into his, his lips, which then also look weird. And then probably his hairline looks uh, a little bit higher, which makes his forehead look longer. Mm. Now, he could have just had a receding hairline, but it may also be part of a, a brow lift. Um, so he, he's one that gets cited a lot. And people talk about you know breast augmentation. You might need a revision down the track, and all of that is true. Uh, 
But it's also true with facelifts. In in some ways, and we'll talk about some people have had some great work where they've maybe had two or three facelifts along the way, but each one kind of it looks age appropriate. There's nothing weird about it, and they just look great into their seventies and eighties. We don't know whether these people have had plastic surgery, but a favourite of mine growing up is Olivia Newton-John. She is just and always has been a, a beautiful, beautiful woman. And, you know, she just recently got uh, some an honour, and so there's some recent photos of her. And she just still looks as almost as good as she did in in Greece. And we're just looking at some photos here. And there's just yeah, nothing... it's subtle... Yeah, very she looks subtle, very very natural, and and she would be in her seventies, and maybe she's just got very good. She may, skin. she may, except you know, one of the giveaways is kind of the lower neck skin looks a bit more sort of wrinkly than the rest of the skin. Ah, uh, right, yeah. But her face just looks still natural. She just looks youthful. She looks full, and she's never looked weird or tight or or overly pulled now. Maybe she's just genetically blessed. She certainly was genetically blessed in, as Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> John Travolta, not so much. <laughs> Did he have plastic surgery? Oh, I, undoubtedly. Would guess. But, yeah, I think the, the men that have been mentioned and also, you know, locally I'm sure people can think of some famous... Uh, football personalities. Football personalities. That, um, in Australia? Uh, yeah, in Melbourne even. Um, eyebrows oh. that are halfway up the forehead. Things that just, yeah, as, as Richard said, feminising and um, look, probably two years later, I think for the person I'm thinking about, has settled and actually looks quite good now, mm. but for quite some time was like, whoa, like, you know, those those eyebrows are not where they should be. And there's, there's a vast difference between um, male and female faces and most of the surgeries that would be done are, would be on women and so you can't translate that exact same operation to uh, to a man because, you know, the, you end up making them look more female than what they should. I guess it must be harder then, but what are some examples? Can you think of anyone that you that, that's male that you actually think they did a good job? It's hard to know because they... Challenge. <laughs> have they or haven't they? <laughs> well, I think that's the exact point because if they've had something done and it looks good, you maybe don't know. And it's often just subtle things, so maybe removing a little bit of skin from the upper eyelid. But as I said before, a male facelift is challenging because... That boundary between looking really weird, and we just just brought up some photos of Burt Reynolds. So Burt Reynolds, when he was when he was young, sort of had that that really heavy eyebrows, but they're low, and it, it doesn't look having a low eyebrow doesn't look, doesn't look terrible. It doesn't yeah. look old, mm-hmm. but when you look at some photos of him when he was um, later in life, and he his eyebrows are definitely not as low as what they used to be, and Permanent, not gravity at work. Permanently <laughs> surprised. <laughs> well, it, that's, no men have sort of that arched sort of eyebrow. Like he had a very straight, low eyebrow. If you have a look at George Clooney, his eyebrows are sort of, they're low, bra- he's got a low brow. Yep. And it's not unattractive, it's not ageing. But when you start opening that up, it starts does look a bit feminising. Yeah, and surprised. Very surprised. Yeah. 
There you go. Um, the George. other thing that can be subtle is some filler as well. So as as we age, the face um, loses volume, and so rather than just pulling the skin tight, actually sort of plumping it out a little bit. And there's a fine line there as well in terms of overdoing filler or underdoing We're not filler. naming names, but we're going to talk about anybody who's been on Married at First Sight. <laughs> not everybody, but there's no. the fish there's, lips is in, definitely. There's, there's quite the precedent there. We are going to do an episode on fillers later on this season, but I guess once, once you pop, you can't stop. Is that the... The rule. I think it's a really great point. I don't think anyone goes into their plastic surgeon or um, cosmetic physician and says, I want five mils of filler in my lips. I think it's just sort of a gradual thing. So it's incremental. So they start off, they have a bit of filler and it looks okay. And then they say, well, you know, that looked good. So let's try two. And then it becomes three and then it becomes four. And, and, it's, and all of a sudden, it's totally out of control. And that's why... The doctor needs to take some responsibility. Okay, you can't just you can't just bow to the patient's wishes every single time. So, if you see, I'll totally digress and give a separate example. But you see, young kids, obesity and childhood obesity is a massive problem here, all all around the world. And you see kids who are a bit overweight, and they're sitting at at Macca's and having a Big Mac, they're having chips, they're having a Sunday, eating all the wrong foods, and they're sitting there with the parents. Okay, that that's not that's not just the kid's fault. Okay, so the the parents are facilitating that, and that's where we come in. And I'm not just talking about lips; I'm talking about breasts or anything. We've got to be the gatekeeper. So just because someone asks for something that looks crazy and outside of the norms, doesn't mean that you have to do it. And Kim and I regularly say to people, "No, we're not doing that. That's not going to work. That's going to look weird, and you know, long term, you're going to be unhappy." So. Yes, these people have at some point asked for that uh, procedure, but there's a responsibility, and that's why you've got to go to people who who know what they're doing, who who have a good aesthetic eye, and who are responsible, have integrity. And I think you may have um, talked about this a little bit in another a previous podcast. Is that if you walk into the waiting room and every one that's walking out of the waiting room or every patient of that clinic has lips that are massive and look like that, then, um, you know, that becomes sort of normal for you kind of think, oh, well, I fit in here and that's that's right. But um, it 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 really isn't <laughs> and it looks uh, – and it, it is, I guess, a, a, a trend and a bit more fashionable at the moment to have overdone lips and mm. – um, you know, even one of our staff just had her lips done just this week and their uh, first time being done for a while and they're a bit swollen and a bit puffy and she's like, like you know, like I super love them how they are now mm. and they don't look ridiculous but she, they are going to go down a little bit with the swelling and and it's that, you know, you're trying to chase, oh, just a little bit more maybe. So Well, I think it goes back to the thing that we were saying about Victoria Beckham as well is that, you know, that was really attractive then, but now I look back on it and I suppose that's what 2020 is going to be. We'll look back on it as overdone fish lips. Yeah, well, the last few years really. And I guess uh, with bums as well. Yes, um, so let's talk about bums. That, uh, that, that trend has been around for probably at least five years, maybe more now. Um, and I 100% think um, that... Uh, 
Kim Kardashian really is was the the original trendsetter for the the uh, full round bum, and you know, not saying that she's necessarily ever had anything done. Well, she might be a natural but, case, but I know a lot of people have. I would be putting her up as but uh, <laughs> she and I, I think a while back she had X-rays to prove that she had no implants in her bum. But I'm sure, as we all know now, that mostly um, patients are not getting uh, implants, uh, except actually in Brazil where they're still doing lots of uh, well, implants but are having fat injected instead and well, of course that's ask, not going to show. Is it a trend in Australia? Like Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's really not something that we um, we do. It's got a very, very, very unsafe profile. People have died, like high rates of patients have died with having fat injected into their bottom and there are in theory safer ways to do it but it's very... Difficult to know where you're actually injecting the fat, and that's the risk. And they've they've done studies on cadavers, so in in terms of thinking where you are injecting the fat, and it is ending up in other areas. And the biggest risk is injecting it into a blood vessel, of which there are lots mm. in the in the buttocks, and that way the fat gets taken through the bloodstream into the heart and lungs, and yeah, people many people have died from that, and yeah. so. Whilst it's fashionable and trendy, it is risking your life having having a procedure like that. And then, yeah, it may look amazing for if if someone has that done for a period that small period of time in their, in their life where they're super super slim in other areas, and then they're they've got this round full bottom. But then put on a tiny bit of weight, and it goes everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and Fast particularly with this fat, years, yeah. and there's you know, even huger, out of proportion, weird looking areas. And then to try and remove that, like to do liposuction of buttocks. And I actually have been asked that quite a number of times this year, not from someone that's had fat injected, but it's like, you know, know, I don't really like this shape of my bottom. Can you have liposuction? It's extraordinarily difficult Mm -hmm. trying to get that even and smooth and not have loose skin. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, you know, you really... It's not just a problem in terms of the risk in the short term. It's the again the long term. It's like that overdone implants, the skin stretches, and the the problems long time after from that. That's exactly it. It's what we were talking about before with breast implants. It's a trend, and it's like tattoos. Like you see, everyone's got tattoos now, and they just think. Yeah, no I've problem got three when I'm that maybe weren't the best choice. <laughs> no, I'm coming. You know, just the, the, you know, the, the oh, sleeves yeah. and like you know very obvious ones. And people think, oh, you know, problems, I'll, I'll just get it lasered off down the track. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe not. It's not that easy to do. So all these, and it's mainly women, having fat injected into their into their butts, it's the highest risk operation in the world. It's 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 There's many, many panels that are looking into the safety and whether it should even be allowed in, in different countries. It may well be in five years' time, no one even wants that look. And it's going to, as Kim just said, it's going to be hard to fix. Mm. All right. Well, maybe we should do a full episode on that one because I'd love to learn more about it. But moving on to tummy tucks, I feel as though there's a very obvious I think we can example. mention this one. Tara Reid. Mm, that's who I was thinking. American Pie. Uh, now, I think Tara Reid, she has come out and said she has had a tummy surgery? I think so, yes. Okay, so we can talk about it. So we're just looking at an, at an image of her and the skin on her abdomen just looks all crinkly and wrinkly and, and loose. So I I think 
she probably maybe hasn't actually had a tummy tuck. And what she's had is um, really, really extreme liposuction. And so all of the fat underneath her skin has just been completely hoovered out. Mm. And then she's just been left with loose skin because it's all been deflated. And you can see it's sort of sitting above her belly button. And she's leaning forward a little bit there. But that, if you actually have had a tummy tuck, you shouldn't have any loose skin like that. Mm. So, And we see that. We do see patients who have been to practitioners who aren't surgeons. And so they do liposuction when patients need tummy tucks Mm. and then they've got contour irregularities and loose skin and it's very very hard to correct even if you do a tummy tuck well that would explain why because a lot of people would say you know celebrities they've they've got the money to fix it if it doesn't look great but then sometimes i guess you can't Well, you you know you could possibly improve on that by tightening her skin and removing skin, but it's uh, yeah, it's uh, once again once you're someone's had something that's not gone perfectly, you're so much on the back foot of trying to be able to fix the problem that the best thing to do is the right thing in the first place. Um, and and similar to that, actually, I just saw a patient this morning who has massive breasts, like G-cut breasts, Mm. um, very low tissue, nipples around the level of her belly button. And rightly so, she's she's concerned about having a breast reduction because she's planning a family in the next few years and is a little bit concerned about breastfeeding and whether having surgery is going to reduce that chance. And so she's seen another practitioner who said, we can do some liposuction of your breasts and it's not going to improve your shape no way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I believe it's actually not going to improve her size either because the breast tissue is breast tissue and you can't actually liposuck that. Mm. But, you know, trying to selling someone a f- false hope type of procedure, if they, if they could remove some of the fat or the volume from her breast, the sagginess and the droopiness is just going to be worse. Oh, yeah, you still got skin um, there, yeah. And all the skin's going to be loose. So, you know, I was, I was like, okay, my recommendation, don't do that. <laughs> Either do nothing or have a proper operation where you're going to have an actual breast reduction. It's going to reduce your breast, going to reduce the skin and, you know, fix the concerns rather than a half pie sort of thing, potential to cause complications. Well, I think during the research, one of the people that we did come across that has been quite open about getting a breast reduction is Ariel Winter from Modern Family. Now, her problem was, though, that lots of people are accused her of getting implants when really she just had a she had a reduction in a in a lift yeah so i think i mean it's i think it's great when people uh, we've had a few of our patients in other series talk about their surgery and i think it's great to basically give some people some reassurance that it's a good thing to do for some people but yeah sometimes you do do a breast reduction and because you're also reshaping the breast you actually increase the projection of the nipple. So in some ways, you do end up with a better cleavage, your, your nipple sitting out further from your chest, mm-hmm. perkier, even though the overall volume has been decreased. So if, if you sort of think of uh, like a big balloon and a small balloon and you put 50 mils of air into the big balloon, it's still sort of floppy and loose, mm-hmm. and put 50 mils of air into the smaller balloon, it becomes tight and perky so it's kind of like that so uh yeah i can understand why you could have a breast reduction it sounds counterintuitive to have a breast reduction and then people think you've had a breast implant mm. 
but you do, you get a better shape, even though you've got smaller volume. Mm. So, And it's kind of funny how people that do get breast reductions on social media, people kind of like, they're a bit judgmental about getting a breast implant, but it's okay to get a breast reduction, which is a very interesting stigma, I guess. Well, I think Kim talked about that in a previous podcast. Mm. The ultimate aim is that both of, even though they're coming from different sides of the breast cup spectrum, <laughs> most of them are all trying to end up in the, in, at the same spot. So yeah. it is kind of weird that exactly what you're saying. That, and the other one's acceptable. Yeah. yeah like it's, it's okay to go from an F to a C or D, but it's not okay for, to go from an E to a C or a D, even though the final outcome is the same. same. Well, on that note, um, Australian rapper Iggy Azalea, is one that we've brought up before because she's been quite open about having a nose job as well as breast implants, I think she got. And she said that she got a lot of hatred on the internet, but she's but she's actually talked a lot about self-love and how it's her choice and it's okay. It's a big thing. And, like, any patient, whether they're a celebrity or not, that is that has gone through the process of having surgery, like, it, it's very rarely a... a spare of the moment decision and um, for someone that is in the in the social media or as famous actor actresses singers etc you know she must have gone through a lot of process in terms of why she wanted to have the nose or the breast surgery and you know the, each each patient has their own specific reasons for that and um, usually yeah it's the the body image issues that common things for someone that's wanting breast augmentation would be like, I don't feel feminine, I don't like to go to the beach, wear a bikini. Similar to the the women that are like very, very large, it's like, I can't find bathers that fit, I don't want to go to the beach. And, and so, you know, each person has their own motives and um, indications for what sort of outcome that they want and what procedure they're after. And it's, it's not right really that other people can judge them for that and sure if a surgeon has done something that's unethical or if the patient's motivations are wrong or they're doing something for the wrong reason but if they're doing something for themselves and they can explain and have goals and clear um, realistic outcomes then um, genuinely and um, usually it's very much for their own positive mental health and body image and Really, 99% of those patients that are going up or down, particularly in terms of breast size, are extraordinarily happy and much more comfortable in their own skin mm. after they've gone through that. And then to have to deal with um, online hatred and that sort of thing is would be, would be pretty tough, especially when you know she's probably feeling great about herself now. And mm. um, other people are judging her, but we do. We're going to touch on online on a on a different episode as well. And the impacts. But um, is there any other celebrities that you guys have kind of jumped to mind or have we covered the majority of them? Um, there's plenty. But I, get going I, think, all day. I think we've probably covered the most sort of body parts and uh, things that are that really obvious. And, um, yeah, really don't, don't judge anyone's motivations. And just because you see one, one terrible procedure one terrible outcome there's there's probably 50 or more that you don't see that are um, excellent outcomes and uh, happy happy patients that are just not showboating what they've had done 
All right. Well, I think that brings us to the end then. Um, but we uh, to go back to the butt lifts, I think we should do another episode on that. But just to remind our listeners that if there is a topic that we haven't covered that you want answered or you think would, would just be interesting to hear a little bit more about, please write into our Facebook page, Re Girls. Uh, you can also hit us up on the website, uh, Instagram. But we want to hear from you so we can tell you what you want to hear. So thank you very much for joining us again, Kim and Richard. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Alex. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Keeping It Real. To keep up with our next episodes, go and subscribe on Spotify or iTunes or wherever it is that you get your podcast. If you have further questions or want to take the next step, visit www.replasticsurgery.com.au or follow Re on social media. 